Welcome to the Center Branch Church Weekly Podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Well, hello. I I just want to introduce myself again because we have so many new people coming in and out, which is a a blessing for sure. I'm Pastor Christina, and I'm going to be sharing this morning. So we just started a new series um, in the book of Philippians. So we're going through all of Philippians. And so I'm excited because I get to talk about chapter two today. And Pastor Luke did an amazing job last week introducing us to chapter one of Philippians. Didn't, wasn't that an amazing message of what God placed in his heart from the word of God? And he began to give us a, a lot of background history about Philippians. And so just a reminder that Paul is in prison when he's writing this letter to the Philippian church, okay? He's in prison, but he's writing this letter to the Philippian church with joy. And you'll see that 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 joy is a common theme that we're gonna see throughout the book of Philippians. Now, I I recently just had a conversation with uh, somebody who was a parole officer. Just last week, he was telling me what he did, and to be honest, I was really taken back by some of the stories that he was telling me. Prison is dark, it's lonely, it's filthy, and I I was just taken back by the stories of what he has to do and and what happens in, in prison. So if prison nowadays is, is horrible, can you imagine what prison was like back in Paul's day? It, 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 was, it was 10 times worse. But he's not only in prison writing this letter, he's writing it with joy. And I think that's so amazing because there's such a difference between that. And so I just wanna review really quick that Pastor Luke, he, he began to let us look at Philippians chapter one. And we saw that God wanted to finish the work that he started in the Philippian church, right? And so Pastor Luke encouraged us that for you, that, he, that God wants to finish the work that, that started in you too. And so then he, he, be, he continues to talk about, you know, we as people living pure and blameless lives before God. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about that in Philippians 2, and I'm so, I'm so excited. Look at your neighbor and say, are you ready? Because I'm, I'm ready to talk about Philippians 2. But before we, before we do, let's just review really quick, because chapter one is so important to what we're about to go into. So... Then Pastor Luke encourages, encourages us to look that, that Paul is talking about our purpose. Our purpose, that we each have a purpose. And Paul knew that he was gonna preach the gospel. That was his purpose. Whether he was in prison or he was out of prison, he was gonna preach the gospel. He knew in his mind and heart what God told him to do, that that was his purpose and he was gonna do it no matter the circumstances. And if you remember last week we talked about it doesn't matter what circumstances are in your life, if God has called you to do something, then do it with joy. 
And, and I love that because I know that the world we're living in right now, sometimes we just ask the question why. It's, it's been a hard year for a lot of people dealing with COVID. So those circumstances have affected us in some ways, but the Lord has called us with a purpose. And so instead of looking at the situation or the circumstances, we have to look to God and realize, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to live for Jesus in my purpose, amen? amen. And so I love it because I wanna, I wanna just go over these points that Pastor Luke talked about last week. Number one, he said, what is our potential? So what comes naturally to us? He encouraged us to, to think about that. Finding opportunities to start fulfilling our purpose. And number three, finding our passion with joy. And so Pastor Luke told us, if you remember, to, to take those points, write them down, and begin to pray about your purpose. And so hopefully in your time with the Lord, and I encourage you, if you're a new believer, spending time with the Lord is very precious because he can begin to speak to you through God's word and give you the right tools that you need for your purpose. And so I know that, that, that I started praying some things about my purpose and I hope that you did too. So what I wanna do before we start and we get into Philippians chapter two is I just wanna pray a protection on your purpose. Because a lot of you spent some time thinking about purpose and, and you began to maybe dream a little bit, but the enemy, he comes, John in 1010, to steal, kill, and destroy your purpose. And so he knew when you started to look in Philippians 1 and you said, oh, yeah, I have a purpose. He said, well, I'm gonna try and cancel that out. Yeah. And so what I wanna do is if you are determined to know that you have a purpose, just like Pastor Luke talked about, I want you to lift your hands and I'm gonna pray a protection on your purpose. And when you go into this, Know that you have to stand up and say, no matter what, no matter my circumstances, I'm called by the Lord to have a purpose. So if you're hungry for more of the Lord, raise your hands, and we're just gonna ask the Lord to protect your purpose and to prepare your heart for chapter two because, okay, let me just pray. Father, I just thank you for every single person in this building. I thank you that each and every one of them have a specific call on their life, a specific purpose that you have given them. And I command every person in this place to advance in Jesus' name. They're not going down, they're going up. And I pray against the enemy's attacks that the word of God says that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. And that as they start looking in the word of God and the Lord begins to speak to them and give them divine appointments and purposes, that you would protect them in Jesus' name. Enemy, you have no place in their life, in their family, and in their calling. And I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us to understand the word of God. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see, not what I have to say specifically, but what you have to say. I'm just a vessel. 
So the Lord has something specifically for each and every one of you in Jesus' name. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This is exciting. We have a bunch of people ready with purpose. So that means that West Virginia is about to be turned upside down, which is really cool. And we, we, we're blessed to have people in our church that are hungry for the Lord, that aren't just going through the motions, that have purpose. So, before, so if you wanna turn with me to Philippians chapter two, um, I wanna start this out and just remind you a little bit of behind the scenes to help you understand this a little bit more too. So we already talked about Paul's in prison. He's writing this letter to the Philippian church. He's encouraging them with joy, right? But if you, if you see that it's divided into one, two, three, four chapters. But in reality, this is a, this is a whole letter that can just continues and continues and continues. There's no chapter divisions really until they wrote it. So this, what I'm about to get into is a continuation of purpose. It's a continuation of what Pastor Luke talked about with just a chapter division. And so I actually want you to look back with me to Philippians chapter one. And we're gonna start in verse 29 and then I'm gonna show you that it's a continuation of what God wants to speak to us this morning. So chapter 29, it says, for you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past and you know that I am still in the midst. And so then it goes into chapter two and with some of your versions, it may say the word therefore, which what is therefore for? And it goes in to verse one and two, and I wanna read Philippians two, verse one and two, if you'll go there with me. Verse one, it says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy, there's that word again, complete, by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. If you like to underline things, I, I underline like-minded, one spirit and one mind. So Paul is saying here, make my joy complete by being like-minded, by thinking together in unity. There's something special when the body of Christ and his believers walk in unity together. If we're not in unity, there's something missing there. Because God commands us to be like-minded in one spirit, in one accord. And he challenges us at the beginning of that verse. Psalms 133.1 says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. So that scripture is telling us right there that when unity within the body happens and we're thinking and having the same purpose, it's gonna be good. 
And so we see even in churches and different organizations, when there's not unity within the group of people, there's division. There's people going in all different directions and they're not going to the same destination. How many of you have ever been on a, like a boat or a rowboat before? I mean, this is West Virginia, y'all. You better be. Uh, I don't know. So, um, but if you're on, let's just say you're on a boat and you have somebody with you, but it's a friend, a spouse, you're on a boat together and you're in a lake, you're on the boat and you know that you wanna get from one side of the lake to the other side of the lake. Catch a one thrown? Okay. So you, you know that. So you, you know that your destination is from here to the other side of the lake. So you, you, start, you start rowing, you start rowing and going, but if the other person has no idea that your destination is to the other side of the lake, maybe they're over here just looking at the sky, putting their hand in the water, checking out the scenery, maybe just putting their you know, thing in there, just trying to figure it out. And then the, the, the boat is just, doesn't have a purpose. It doesn't have a destination. It's just kind of floating around, maybe turning around, going the opposite direction. But what if you decided, okay, I know my destination. I'm gonna get from one side of the lake to the other. But this time you told your partner, hey, we're gonna go to the other side. Let's work together to get there. Well, that person is like-minded with you, the same purpose, the same destination, and so you begin to row together. You begin to get where you're going, straight path to the other side of the lake. It's the same thing when it comes to what Paul challenges us at the beginning of Philippians chapter two, talking about that we have to be people, believers who are like-minded with the same destination, the same purpose. And I love it because he challenges us to do this in a way that sets us up to be more like Christ. You'll see my common theme that I wanna challenge us that doesn't come from me, it comes from the Lord. You're gonna know that in chapter two, Paul reiterates over and over again how important it is that we as believers live a life exactly like Christ that we have the same attitude as Christ, that we have the same mindset as Christ, that we begin to be like Jesus Christ. And so he, he begins to say, but before all that, I've set you up with people and you have to be in unity with, with each other and ha- have that same purpose and that same plan. You know, I love it because our church has a mission statement. Our mission statement is connecting people to the newness of Christ found only in Jesus Christ. And so when I know that I love it because we're, we're a church that our mission statement is the word of God. And so I know my purpose is that I I have got to love Jesus with all my heart and connect people to the newness of life. But I know that I have a body of believers that has to be in unity with me, that has, we have to be in unity with each other and have the same plan. Just like Paul knew his purpose, he was gonna do whatever it took to make Jesus's name known. 
And so we have to be a body of believers who say, yeah, let's do this together. We all know the, the, the end game, right? We should. It is to make God's name known and to get to the finish line and say, I, give it, I gave it all I had. I finished that race strong. That's what the word of God challenges us. Didn't let anything get in my way. And our end goal is eternity. So if we're believers that come together in unity, that's amazing because we're, we're kingdom-minded people. We're kingdom-minded people. So unity. And so he encourages us to look at verses, now you're gonna go to chapter two, verses three and four. So he says, okay, you know, we're on the same page here, be in unity with each other. And I'm gonna give you some things that you need to know, some examples of how to be more like Christ. How to have the attitude of Christ. How many of you sometimes you have a little bad attitudes? Whew, hallelujah, me too sometimes. But I gotta, I gotta look at my life and say, oh man, if I'm not in unison with the Lord and what his word has to say with my attitude and be like him, then something, something's gotta change. Cause I wanna be, I want an attitude like Christ. So Paul is encouraging the Philippian church and he says, okay, I know that you need to know some stuff. So he starts giving the Philippian church slash us, cause this word isn't just for the past, it's for us as believers, and he begins to give us some things that we need to live out. Look at verses three and four. And I'm gonna read in two different versions. So the first one I'm gonna look at, the NLT. It says, don't be selfish, don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourself, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Now I'm gonna read in the NIV version because I believe that as we repeat things in repetition, it gets not only in our head, but our heart. So as you begin to study, if, if, you're, if you're new, like I said, to the word of God and studying it, repeat things because it gets in your heart. So let's look at it in, in a different version and it's on the screen. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, there's that word again, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. So he gives us these different examples to live by. And so we're gonna look at it and examine our hearts and see if we have the attitude of Christ or maybe the Lord is speaking to all of us and saying, hey, here are some ways or some things that you need to work on if you wanna be more like me if you wanna have an attitude more like me. And I love Paul because he's, he's, a, he's, he's amazing. He's writing this letter in prison with joy and he's like, but I'm gonna give you some examples to examine your heart and I wanna do the same thing. So the first one I wanna look at is the first part of that verse and it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Don't be selfish. It's just that simple. If you look if you've been reading chapter uh, one and two of Philippians, because we, we encourage you to, to start studying Philippians, if you look back in chapter one, actually in verse 17, Paul talks about how some people began to preach the gospel, but with selfish ambition. And so part of him, it was like, oh, well, at least the, the gospel's being preached. 
But then he comes back to it in chapter two and he realizes we need to take care of this whole selfishness thing. And, and, and so it's, it's true in our lives too that I, I, don't, I don't wanna be a person who just looks at myself. So we have, to, we have to ask ourselves about our motives. Why do, why do I do the things that I do? What's my motive behind it? Is it because I, I want people to see me or I want people to see Jesus? Am I doing things here at the church or at work at, or at home to get selfish glory and gain? Or am I doing everything out of an act of surrender to glorify and point to Jesus Christ? Let me just be real. Once again, I'm a little real here, raw sometimes when I preach. Sometimes we have to ask ourselves those hard questions. In our relationship with Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, we have to say to the Lord and ask ourselves and look internally within ourselves as we study God's word and ask those hard questions. What are, and sometimes it's hard to ask those questions, right? Because it's looking inward at ourselves and saying, oh, my flesh is weak. But Jesus, you're so much stronger and I wanna be like you. So it's asking ourselves, what are our motives behind what we do, what we do? Why do we do what we do? Which takes us into the next point, which is value others above yourself. Value others above yourself. I, I think this can be hard at times because you know it's easy for us, even just to get in the habit of, of, of thinking of other people, it, it's a mindset. But I can tell you this morning that when you put other people above you or before you, it is so rewarding. And not just is it rewar rewarding for me, but for you, if you begin to put other people first, there's a joy in that. And, and it comes back to the whole passage where Paul's encouraging people that when we put other people first, God didn't design it just because he thought, woo, that would be fun. He knew that if we put other people first, that that is gonna produce joy in your life. Not just any joy, but eternal joy. I love this um, because thinking too highly of yourself is actually translated as empty glory. Empty glory. I don't wanna live a life of empty glory. Gosh, I don't even want... I, to, to know the feeling that I'm living my life for myself? Lord, help me. I wanna be full of Jesus. I don't wanna get to the finish line and say, well, I lived for myself. There's some, something tied in there spiritually that leaves us empty when we don't think of others before ourselves. But you know what, I believe in you and Paul believed in the church of Philippi and he, and I believe in you too as believers that 
that you're not gonna live lives that are empty. But we have to be more like Christ in order to get there. Okay, last point with, with the attitude of Christ. It's express concern for others' interests. Be, be people that are people-focused instead of you-focused. And you're all in on their interests. That's hard to do sometimes too, right? Right? Because you're like, oh, I want people to know about me. I want, to, I want people to praise me. Okay, cool. But what happens when we begin to say, oh man, I wanna put other people first. I wanna bless them. I want to advance them. You know what this, this is? Is humility. And you see that commonly throughout Philippians chapter two, humility. I want to show you a verse, Micah chapter six, verse eight in the amplified version. Because some of you are like, okay, cool, but I don't know what being humble means. And that's okay, because we're all learning this together. And th but this is gonna help us understand it. It says, he has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you except to be just and to love? And then in, in quotes it says, and to diligently practice kindness, compassion, and to walk humbly with your God. Setting aside overblown sense of importance or self-righteousness. So God is telling us in his word that we gotta set aside any overblown sense of self-importance. That's, humil that's humility. Do you know what? God is looking for people that are humble. He's looking for a church and people who are humble who are doing exactly what I, they're doing the opposite of is exactly what I just talked about. They, they are putting others first. They're coming to a place of, I'm not that important. Honestly, it's by the grace of God that I am even here. But he's excited because he says, when I get people that are humble and come before me, I can use them. And so, I love Paul, he gives us all of those things and he gives us an example to start us off in Philippians chapter two. So he says, okay, examine your heart. Let's begin there if you wanna be the same attitude as me. And then he says, but I wanna give you the best example of everything that I'm talking about in this one passage. So I want you to turn with me to Philippians two and we're gonna look at verses five through 11. It says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Then in verses nine through 11, it says, therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor 
and gave him the name above all other names, that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God and the Father. Wow. So Paul realizes that, okay, I'm gonna give you some different examples to follow if you wanna be more like Jesus, but the best example that you're ever gonna get is what Jesus did on the cross. And we look at those verses and I wanna break down into three different points on how if we wanna have the same attitude as Christ and if we wanna be like Christ, we're gonna break it down into three different things that we need to do and they all, they all start with the letter S so that'll help us remember some things. So let's look, the very first point is sacrifice. And I encourage you to write notes too because I'm a big note person because then I can go back in my study time with the Lord and remember the things that he spoke to me and begin to apply it to my life. So the first one is sacrifice. And if you look at verse six, it says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. So he didn't hold on to his heavenly position so tightly, he actually sacrificed those things, those heavenly positions, and he came down to earth, not as God, but as a human being. That's sacrifice. And so the question that we need to ask ourselves if we wanna be more like Christ and follow the example of what Jesus did, we have to ask ourselves, what are we clinging to? Because we also need to ask ourselves, where are some areas in my life where I may be too comfortable? Or my, you know, I'm just okay in my comfort zone. I'm here, living life, I'm good. Maybe we're, maybe we're holding way too tightly onto some things in our life with, instead of sacrificing it to the Lord. I, you know, for instance, maybe it's you're holding too tightly or your comfort zone is your time. You're like, here, my, my time, my time. I gotta protect my time. So, you, you know, we may not have time for other people. Maybe you're holding too tightly onto time of, man, I just don't have time to go to church today. Or I don't have time to, 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 to spend time in God's word. I, you're holding on so tightly maybe to some, some of that stuff. Or, you know, maybe for you, it's relationships. And your comfort zone is you and your friend and your friend only. It's okay, I've been there. It's easy when we're comfortable with people, especially our bestie. You know, let's always go out to eat, hang out. Or that person at work, you're, you know, you're just, my comfort zone are these group of people and these group of people only. Man, maybe you're clinging to that when God calls us to reach all people. We have to sacrifice that need of feeling like, man, this is my group of people and my, my people only. 
Maybe you're clinging too close to your resources or, or your finances. And it's easy for you to you know, spend all this money but not for kingdom purposes. It, hey, it's, I'm not trying to condemn, I'm trying to tell you, man, there's some cool stuff out there. It's exciting to get a new car, new clothes, new shoes. The list goes on and on and God wants to bless us. But we're, when we're holding so tightly to the fact that those things bring us comfort, there's something wrong there. And we have to say, Lord, if I wanna be more like you, I need to be a person who sacrifices those things. That just, like, just like Jesus did. He had every right to stay in his heavenly position, right? But he didn't. He came to earth as a human being. And so we gotta ask ourselves those hard questions, just like Paul encouraged the, the church of Philippi and says, look inwardly. Are you choosing to, to, to sacrifice those things? You know, I, I think it's, it's really actually funny because I ask people sometimes, if you really want to, you know, get out of your comfort zone, then next Sunday, sit in a different seat at church or section. So, ha. Some of you are sweating bullets right now, like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine not sitting in my own seat. It's okay. Sometimes we gotta change it up though. Sometimes we gotta change it up because sometimes when there's change and we get out of our comfort zone, the Lord sees that and says, woo, I wanna bless them. Yeah, it's exciting when you get out of your comfort zone. And Paul knew that and he's encouraging us. So I challenge you today to look at your heart and say, okay, what are some things that I need to, to, to sacrifice? I don't need to cling to. Let's look at point number two, which is servant, to be a servant. We see that in Jesus's life. Woo, more than ever, we see that he's a servant. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords is a servant. I think that's tied to what we just talked about with humility. Philippians 2, 7. So let's look at this and talk about being a servant. He took the humble position as a slave, which means that Jesus took the position as a servant. And so if you look in the New Testament, there's multiple times where it says the word ministry. But really, do you know what ministry is translated as? Serving. <laughs> wow, that ministry is not just this big, it's, it's serving. And so more than anything, we have to look to Jesus. If we, we want to be more like Jesus, and we wanna be a servant, then we gotta look in the word of God. If you, if you wanna be a servant, if you say, Christina, I'm here, and I know I need to do better with this whole servanthood thing, and you're saying, I don't even know where to start, okay, I'll tell you. Go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and read all about that. Because if you look in the word of God when Jesus came to earth, he was a servant. He, you, you couldn't catch him without serving. Everything that he did, he served. He, he served other people. He healed them. 
He did miracles. He fed people. And some of you are remembering these stories. He blessed people. He chose a group of people to disciple and he took time with those people. And you know what? The best example of what Jesus did when he served is that he got on his knees and he washed his disciples' feet. He lowered himself to a place where back in the day, those feet were nasty. Let's just be real. And feet are nasty to begin with, so let's just think that. But he lowered himself so much and he loved people that he washed his people's feet. And if you, if you think about that, every single example that I gave you in the word of God, when it comes to servanthood, is it's not focused really on Jesus at all. It's always on other people. He's always doing things because he loves his people. And he's serving them. And Paul reminds us, man, you can be a servant, but if you don't do it with joy, sorry. Jesus did it with joy. He said, I, I wanna bless people and I want them to know so much that I love them that I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a servant while I'm on earth. I'm not gonna be a king, I'm gonna be a servant. So we need to ask ourselves this question. Am I willing to serve? Ask yourself that question. Are you willing to serve? I have to ask that question a lot. Not do I wanna be served, right? Because sometimes it's nice to be served, right? Wives, all the wives out there, you're probably like, woo, it's nice to be served. Not to be served, but to serve other people. What if we were so much like Christ that you just, you couldn't not see us serving? That we're a body of believers and Paul knew the importance of what Jesus did and that was servanthood. You know, it's really cool. It's, it's really cool because I want to explain to you that one of our core values, it, it, and when we say core values, it just is something that we as believers, back to the whole unity thing, we want all of us to live out. And one of our core values is Jesus washed feet, We'd want, we do too. So now if you don't know that story, you do now know that it's in the Bible that Jesus washed his disciples' feet. So that means that we need to be a body of believers here at Center Branch that serve. And it's our honor to serve. And some of you might be saying too, well, okay, cool. I might need to do the whole serving thing a little bit better. Great, I don't have an opportunity. Yes, you do. I'm gonna give you one right now. In a couple weeks is gonna be serve week. And so maybe we need to ask ourselves a question of, oh, I need to maybe not cling to so much of my time and give some time up and serve the people in Morgantown. We're gonna have different projects and ways that we can serve. Man, can you imagine if the body of Christ went to that serve week and served with joy? 
that we were becoming so much like Jesus Christ that, that all we, that comes out of us is just humility and a servant's heart. That makes impact. Do you see the impact that Jesus made to believers nowadays? Imagine if we began to humble ourselves so much to serve that we began to change the world just by our actions. That we're becoming so much like Jesus that we don't even have to say a word. We just serve a person and there's change that happens. I love, I love sermonhood so much. And you know, there's a lot of good people in our church. But you know, Tom Maddox, he's a servant. He is. And just because he works here and he, he does some things like cleaning the church, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that he still picks up trash on Sunday mornings before y'all come and sit down. He does things when when a lot of people aren't looking, he's a servant. Y'all, you guys know Hayward? He's a servant. And I'm not biased just because I love his kids. His girls are, are my girls, I love them so much. But he constantly asks me, do you need anything? He's a servant. And I can go on and on and on and name a bunch of people, but maybe we need to ask ourselves a question, what, what more do you want from me, Lord? Because I wanna be just like you. I wanna have that attitude just like you. You know, oh, I almost forgot about this. This is really good. I had to start asking my, myself a question when I came into ministry. Because there's a lot of people that come to me and say, I wanna be in ministry. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm excited about that. But I had to realize I never, ever, ever want to get too big to serve. I never wanna get too big to pick up trash off the floor. I never wanna get too big that I don't clean the toilets, the nasty stuff. I never wanna get too big that I don't do one-on-one -on -one appointments with people. So if maybe God is calling you to ministry, he's calling you to servanthood. I, I constantly wanna be serving, just like Jesus. And the last point, as we look through the scripture and look at the Christ's example, is submission. And if you look in the next verse, I believe it's chapter, or verse eight, it says he humbled, there's that word again. He humbled himself in obedience to God. So he was obedient so much to the point of death. Death on a cross. And we have a relationship with Jesus because of what I just read right there that he was so obedient. He was so humble that he died on the cross for you and me. And we didn't deserve it. But he knew 
that, that life was gonna be hard at times. He knew that we were gonna walk in our flesh sometimes and, and mess up. He knew all those things and he said, I don't care. I'm gonna lower myself so much that I'm gonna die on the cross for my people. And he obeyed what God told him to do. So you need to ask yourself, we need to ask ourselves as believers, if we wanna be more like Christ, then we have to submit to him and be obedient no matter what. Even if it's hard, we have to be people that are obedient. Not only is Jesus looking for a church that's humble, he's looking for people who are obedient. And so maybe you're here today and, and the spirit has tugged your heart about what I just said. Maybe some of you here need to ask the Lord to help you when it comes to being obedient. Maybe some of you here, God has given you a dream This, this is totally from the Lord. I don't know who this is for. But there's somebody here that wants to start a business and you need to obey. And for you, it's, it doesn't look like it's gonna be easy. I don't know who that was for. Hmm. Obedience is out of a love relationship with Jesus. Jesus knew that he loved the Father so much that he needed to obey because the cross was painful. But because he loved God and his people, he was gonna do it. Paul knew that if we need to be more like Christ, we have to obey. We have to love Jesus with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Some of you here, I don't know what's going on in your life, but he's calling you to an act of obedience. Don't, don't disobey him. Father, help me not to disobey you. Hmm. Okay, so we've got sacrifice, servant, being a servant, and submission, obeying. If we wanna be like Christ, we, we gotta do those three things. And Paul knew that for the church too. But he doesn't leave us with just those things. This is where it's about to get real good. You excited? Here we go. Verse nine, it says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place of honor. So when we do what God has called us to do, and then I read those verses after all about just honoring God and taking him to the highest place of honor and all those things. When we do what God has called us to do and we are more like Christ, he is gonna take you to places you have never even dreamed. And if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. 
Because I want to to do all that God has called me to do. And I want him to, to be, I wanna be so humble before him that I, I do all these things and I become like him that he places me in a place of honor. I want that blessing. And I hope that we're a church that wants that too. Do you realize that maybe you're here and you've never heard this before, that God wants to bless you so much? He loves you and he has a plan for your life. Back to the whole purpose thing, And he loves you so much that he wants to promote you. He wants to elevate you. He wants to give you things and bless you because that's the God he is. He's not sitting up there thinking their life is gonna be horrible. He says, if you're more like me, man, get ready because I'm about to bless you. I'm about to take you to high places. Not because of anything that we can do, because we're, fil- we're people of humility, right? Not of anything we can do, but what Jesus can do in our lives. I, let me just tell you a little bit about my testimony. And I, and I hope that there's some youth group students, I think some of them are over here, that this really speaks to you. So when I was in youth group actually. Pastor Luke and Beth were my youth pastors. And um, I remember that I knew deep down inside of my spirit that I was called to something. (laughs) Even just as a young girl, I I knew I was called to something. So I was determined that I was gonna be a dental hygienist. I was like, yes, that sounds kind of fun. I like people and maybe like teeth, I don't know. Um, but I was like, that, that would be fun. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. One time I was at youth group, Pastor Luke was giving the message. I don't even remember what the message was. Don't tell him I said that. But I remember I ran to the altar and I just fell down at the altar and I began to weep because the Lord said, you're not gonna be a dental hygienist, Christina, that's for somebody else. You're gonna be in the ministry. And I remember just weeping and I was like, I don't know what to do, I don't know what that means, just crying and and beginning to doubt some things or okay, I guess, you know, just going through all these things in my head. But I remember that there is a point in my life where I, I had to say, okay, I'm gonna be obedient. And I was just called as a, in youth group, as a young woman, I, he called me and said, this is the mission I have for you, no matter the circumstances. And so I remember that that was a powerful moment in my life and part of my testimony. But there were times where I really had to ask the Lord to help me in all those things we just talked about because I went to college, I, went, I got my biblical degree, it was awesome. Then I actually came to this church, began to do youth ministry. The place where I was called, I began to lead. I began to do kids ministry, which was awesome. But constantly throughout that whole time, he's reminded me, be a person that's humble, Christina. Be a person that's obedient. You can't cling to things that you like, it's gotta be me. 
And then I, I, I moved to Atlanta. I get to do this ministry with this amazing lady who's doing some amazing things for the Lord. But you know what the Lord has called me to? He didn't call me to go to Atlanta and speak like she did. I got to travel with her, but you know what I did? I served her. And it was hard at times. I remember, I remember being in her garage one day and doing some stuff and the Lord spoke to me and he said, he said, I have, I have things for you, but you're in the right place at the right time. Serve Cheney and serve her well. And then I began, the Lord began to do some things in my heart and I, I came back here and I, I'm so honored that I get to, to preach before you today, not with anything in myself, but what the Lord is doing. But throughout my life, I had to say, Lord, I wanna be just like you. And he began to take me places I never thought I would be. And it's the same thing for you. I want you to surpass me in Jesus' name. I want you to be so much like Jesus that you leave this place and are so encouraged that you live out your purpose no matter what. And just like the word of God says, he's gonna, he's gonna elevate you. He's gonna take you to the highest place of honor if you live just like him. How many of you want that? It's too quiet in here. I hope that you want that. I'm not looking for applause. I'm not looking for applause. I'm just hoping this is life transforming for you because I can't live your life for you. Pastor Luke can't live your life for you. We can come alongside of you, but it's deep down inside where you say, I'm gonna live for Jesus. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what, I, I wanna be just like Jesus. And he's gonna take you to places you never have been before for his glory. I wanna close this morning with the end of chapter two. And we're looking at two individuals named Timothy and a, his name is Epaphroditus. So if y'all, if you're gonna name your kid Epaphroditus, God bless you. Um, but Timothy and Epaphroditus were special people at the end of Philippians chapter two, that Paul, he sees that, okay, I'm encouraging the people of the church to be more like Jesus, to say, have the same attitude, so everything that we just talked about, but then he begins to pin, he, he begins to to look at certain people and to write out in this letter to the Philippian church about these specific people. And the first one was Timothy. And Timothy walked close with Paul. And he, he was not only just, and here's the thing. These two people, Paul didn't point them out in, in this letter just because they're cool or they're talented or they're all these things. He picked them out because they were humble. Especially Timothy, he began to walk alongside of Paul. He began to have the same purpose, the same mission, just like we talked about, unity. He encouraged Paul. And so he says, this is, this is Timothy guy. Check him out at the end of the book if you read. 
He's sincere, he's great. He's doing what God has called him to do. And then he continues and talks about Epaphroditus, this man. And he talks about the importance of him because he did something. He went all the way to Rome to see Paul in prison. So he's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about Paul and what the, the mission that God has given him and Paul, which is to make Jesus' name known. So he goes all the way to Paul in prison. And on the way there, he gives it so much that he, almost, he gets sick and he almost dies. I can't imagine going all that way and almost dying, but... But because we have a good God, the Lord healed him. But I believe it's because he knew the purpose that God had for him and he was gonna do whatever it took to get to Paul. But the whole point is that Paul chose to point out Epaphroditus. And let me just read this. This, this, this last point, it says, in verses 29 and 30, it says, <clears throat> welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy, he's talking about him, and give him the honor that people like him deserve, for he risked his life for the work of Christ. What if people said that about you? that you risk your life for the work of Christ. And you were honored for that because God loves you. I want everybody to stand with me and I wanna close this morning because I, I believe that the Lord wants to speak to us in such a powerful way because I know deep down inside that I want to give everything I have for Jesus, even when it's hard. And I want so badly for that, for this body of Christ too. So I wanna close with this and I want everybody just to close your eyes and I want you to lift your hands to the Lord and let him speak to you. Because if we're gonna be more like Jesus, we have to spend time with Jesus. If you're new to the whole Christianity thing and you're like, I don't really know what's going on, all you have to do is just lift your hands and say, I love you, Jesus. Because it's just like having a conversation with somebody but we're talking not to just anybody. We're talking to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who's gonna do something in your life if you're willing. Let me read to you John 13, 15. I was reading the other day in John 13 and Jesus says, I have given you an example to follow, so do as I have done. Do as I have done. Make that your goal, to live a life that is not empty, that is full of Jesus. If you wanna be humble, be like Jesus. 
If you wanna be a servant, be like Jesus. If you wanna be other people focused, be like Jesus. If you wanna love people deeply, be like Jesus. If you wanna obey him, be like Jesus. And something that I'm learning, and, and there's somebody in this room who, I don't know if they know this or not, but has challenged me to make the word of God so important in my life. So this morning, if you wanna be more like Jesus, then you've gotta be in the word. Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.